good? Turn to your neighbor and give them a fist bump and ask them how they're doing. Somebody sitting both sides of you. How about that? So glad that you're here today. Really am. And everybody watching online, everybody say hi to them watching online. Hi. Glad that people tune in online every single week. Glad that you're here today. And uh, it's going to be an awesome day. No matter what happens outside, no matter what happens the rest of the week, right here, right now, it's going to be awesome. Amen? You expecting that? Good, I hope so, because it helps me if you're expecting it. It helps me a bunch. We're in the middle of this series, this series, questions for God. Whatever possessed me to try to answer these questions? I do not know, except God. It was really, uh, we prayed about the, throughout the summer, the beginning of the summer. I said, Lord, what is it? You know, August and, and January are, are the months that more people go to church for the first time than any other months. And we've been praying, what what if... What are the things that people want to hear when they go to church? Check it out for the first time. And the, the topic that we're covering today, we're going to try to cover one question today. Maybe one of the biggest roadblocks to people's faith that there ever was. It, it is, it's one of those questions that we, that we ask over and over again throughout our lives. And uh, I hope today that we're going to touch on it a little bit. Just a little bit. If you have your orange bulletin, I want you to... Follow along, take some notes. There's also an extra sheet of resources in there for this series. And even one side's for the series, one side's for the specific message of the week. And if you're on version, you can actually see the resources at the very, very bottom. You have to scroll down about four and a half miles long, and then it's down there at the bottom. Um, but it's there, so you can copy and paste the little, the little links, copy and paste them into your browser, and check them all out. Um, I'm excited about this week, but let me let me review week one because we we answered some questions in week one that we hoped would lay a foundation for the next few weeks as we we answer some of the tough questions that week one would lay a foundation for that the things that we answered last week were how do we know God exists why do we believe God exists we laid out some of those uh, discussions some of the evidence some of the argument for that Um, the second one was can I trust the Bible do I believe the Bible's accurate we went through that it is Actually, probably one of the most, if not the most uh, accurate historical document we have. We have more supporting evidence for that than any other historical document. It's pretty incredible. I hope you research some of that stuff this week. Use some of the resources that we sent. Um, it's incredible that, we don't, that we're not taught these things all the time. And then the, the third thing that we talked about last week is what's the purpose of life? We rediscovered, re-talked about it. Is that a word, re-talked about it? We rediscovered, we hashed it out, we confirmed that our purpose is exactly what it's been from the very beginning. Jesus stated it in Matthew 22, the last few verses, 34 through 40, our purpose is to love God and to love people. Whatever your job, whatever your hobby, wherever you live, whatever your nationality, whatever your background, whatever your social status, whatever your education status, your purpose on this planet is to love God and to love people. Amen. Isn't isn't it great that that's clear? You don't have to go through life wondering about that. Well, and this week, we're going to build on that. We're going to build on that with this question, maybe one of the toughest questions that we'll face in our lives. Why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? That's a tough one, isn't it? We, We all have either asked that question or are going to ask that question throughout our life. There are things that just happen that we look at and we go, why did God allow that to happen? 
If God is all-powerful, why did he not stop that? Let me, let me see a show of hands real quick. Is it, God already knows. Let's be honest. How many have ever asked that question? I would raise both hands, both feet if I could. I, I have. I, I've asked that question. Today, what we want to do is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to piece the answer together because actually there's multiple pieces to this answer. I'm going to cover three of them, the three main ones that I believe will help us out to that. But let me, let me start by just laying a little bit of foundation for that. Building on what we talked about last week, it, the answer to that question actually starts in Genesis. Back the very first of the Bible, in Genesis 1, God creates the universe. Remember that one? Creates everything. He creates the stars in the sky, other galaxies. He creates the sky, the, the water, the light and the dark. He creates the trees, the animals in the sea, the animals in the sky, the animals on the land. He creates it all. And after each one of those days of creation, God says, what's he say? It is good. Yeah, he said it's good. And then he also creates, Genesis 2, he creates man and says it is good. And in that garden, there are unlimited amount of trees. We don't know how many trees, but there, it's, there are trees in there. It refers to that. But there are two really specific trees that's going to kind of start us on answering this today. It's going to kind of give us a piece of why God allows bad things to happen to good people. In that garden, there was, God specifically points them out. One tree is the tree of life. That tree and all the other trees and everything on the ground, you can eat whatever you want, God told Adam and Eve, right? But the other tree, there's this one tree in the whole garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You can't eat of that, God said, or you'll start to die. You start to die. You, you will die. You'll let death into you. So really, if you look at there's the, the two main trees, there's the tree of life and the tree of death. Does that sound familiar to any of us? From, from the very beginning. And God does something when he creates man that really lays the foundation for, to answer, helps us to answer this question. That's your first fill in the blank. That first piece of the answer is that God, when God created mankind, he created them free. He created us free. That would be a good spot for us. Thank God right there. He created us free. God didn't want robots. He didn't want forced love. God wanted a relationship with us. You realize he would come down in the cool of the evening is what it says in the Garden of Eden and walk and talk with Adam and Eve. From the beginning, God wanted relationship. He wanted community with us. And he didn't want it forced. He wanted us to choose and Adam and Eve had a choice, right? They, they had a choice for that. And that's where some of, the, some of the problems came in. Because you know the rest of that, that with freedom comes choices. With choices comes the consequences, good and bad, of those choices. We don't know how long they lived in the garden. But sometime they decided that other tree that we're not supposed to eat of, Looks pretty good. They bought, the, they bought the lie from Satan as evil came in and tempted them as it does all of us. We get a little snapshot of our lives in the garden. As evil came in and tempted them, they started to believe the serpent, the, the symbol of evil in the garden. Said, hey, God's not telling you the whole scoop. The reason he doesn't want you to eat that is because you will be like him. Is that true? Partially true? 
because you will know evil then. God knew what evil was. They didn't know what evil was yet. That was a lie. Little bit of sprinkles of truth on top. You're not going to be like God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, but you're going to be one more piece. You're going to be that piece that understands evil. And it was at that moment when Adam and Eve partook of that fruit of that tree that the whole state of mankind changed, that sin came into our lives. That's one of our pieces. Why does God allow bad things to happen? Because he allows freedom. That's why. Because he allows freedom. How come I don't, when I had both my kids, I just didn't lock them in a cage and feed them three times a day, keep them safe? Because I wanted them to have freedom more than that. Even more than safety was their freedom. God loves you. It's like you love your kids, and he wanted you to have freedom from the beginning. There's a, there's a saying that I've heard that God is responsible for the fact of freedom. God gave us freedom. He's responsible for that. But humankind is responsible for the acts of freedom. And when we choose, sometimes if choose to play with a knife when you're not old enough, I have a little, I have a scar that runs along the side of my hand that my dad, when I was about six or seven, he was uh, carving wood. He had some really cool little carving tools and he was at work and I was at home and mom was busy and I found his carving tool. And I was going to carve something just like dad, right? Mom didn't know about it. And I was over there carving, and I couldn't get the right leverage on it, you know? So you take your hand from here as you're carving and bring it up to here. And I'm just cranking down on it. And that slipped and stuck right there. And I went, Mom! And that thing's sticking out, and my mom goes, whoop! She's out. Blood running down my arm. I look at my, like, four-year-old sister, Jody! You know, she's like, nope, 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 nope. Sometimes our, our, our freedom costs us. And I know, I know if, if you're an intelligent person, you go a little deeper, you go a step farther, and you go, well, listen, I didn't choose all of those things that happened in my life. But sin coming into our lives, as we chose that in our past, allowed things like other people's choices to influence us, didn't it? Accidents, bad luck, and our consequences. Uh, that scar is not bad luck. It is a choice. I love scars. I have scars on every elbow, wrist, hands, knees. All, I love them. You know why? Because I think they're, they're about the most supernatural thing on your body. God, God said, I'm going to give them these little things to keep them from killing themselves. To remember, ask my kids. I carry a knife all the time. I can have my knife on me while I'm preaching. Can you believe that? That's super spiritual. It's never cut a person. <laughs> it's never cut flesh of any kind. It cuts strings and tape all the time. And you can ask my family. The Morrises will judge you according to how you use your pocket knife. If, I, if they say, hey, i got a string, what will happen in the Morris house is nine people will pull out their knife. Here. And if you grab that and go, I'm going to get that string, and you start cutting towards yourself, everybody condemns you. Everybody yells, no, don't do that, because th that's kind of our thing. I don't know where I was going with my pocket knife story. Oh, I remember where I was going, because if you ask my kids, 
my, both my kids know how to use a pocket knife. They know you, you always cut away from you, right? You're gonna, if you're going to choose to use a knife, you're going to choose to do something that's a little dangerous. I also have some cuts from knives. If you're going to choose to do something dangerous, you have to be smart about it or your choices will cost you dearly. There's nothing like a couple of years, two years ago, I'm in the attic over here trying to whittle out a little piece of PVC with this knife. Whittle out a little piece of PVC. All I need is a little notch in it because I just need to hook a wire in it to move something. Just pull it out of the way. I'm up on a ladder about that deep into the attic. And a few minutes later, I come walking in the staff room and I am disgusted with myself. And I got a big cut right on my thumb. Because what I really needed, I had to cut toward myself. And I found out our associate pastor, if he sees blood, he also faints. So we're kind of in the process of figuring out how we can fake like an arm amputation around him and video it. If you've got any ideas, we're all up for that. All those stories to say are our choices, starting back in the garden, are a part of why God allows bad things to happen to us. To the extent sometimes I still don't understand, but we're going to get to that. It reminds me, though, of Scripture. And that's why it's important for us to understand what we talked about last week, that the Bible is accurate, that the Bible is true, more accurate than we can, than we can even understand. The Bible is living and active. It's truthful. And in James chapter 1, it says this, that every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father. And a few years ago, in my mind, I started adding to it. Is it okay? I'm not sacrilegious, right, if I add to it, but if I tell y'all? See, when I, when I read it, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father. And in my mind, I think, but everything else is from the past of mankind. Everything else that comes that's not good, that's not perfect, it's from the past of man. It's from choices of people, things that have happened. And that brings me to the second piece of the puzzle. If James 1 is correct, then it reminds me of the second piece, which we believe, I believe, South Point believes, that God is actually good. Oh, y'all missed the spot to amen. Hold on, let me read that one more time. Second piece of this puzzle, this answer, is that we believe at South Point that God is completely good. Amen? Now, let me ask you for a second. Let's, let's be honest. Do you believe that? Think about that for a minute. Because it's an important piece of your faith. Do you believe that God is good? Because there's going to be times in your life that that point is tested. Do you believe that God is good? Yes, it says in Scripture that God is good. Look at this, Psalm 136. God didn't write this. People wrote it about God going through tough times. They wrote Psalm 136, 1. Give thanks to the Lord. You know why? Because he's good. He's good. I've seen him act. I've seen him act on my behalf. I've seen him act on other people's behalf. He's good. Psalm 145, 17. The Lord is righteous in most of his ways. Is that what that says? These are, these are important. Little words are important. The Lord is righteous in all of his ways and faithful in all that he does. Do you believe that? You know what, that, that question, do you believe it, is almost a trick. Because we believe it now. But then when we're tested in our life, our faith is tested. You ever been there? 
Yeah, I've been there also. I know many people in this room that have been there. I've shared this story before, and I'm going to share it again because it's maybe one of the top three biggest testing spots in my life. But 20 years ago, I was only about five years old spiritually. I've just been a Christian for five years, and we were at a church in uh, Duncan, Oklahoma. We had a great youth group, great church, just amazing, almost as good as South Point. I mean, it was great. And one of our little junior high girls in our, in our youth group uh, was diagnosed with cancer. And believe it or not, I'm about five years old spiritually, and I just really believe, listen, I read over there in that New Testament, it says if you anoint them with oil, call for the elders to come and pray over them, they're going to be healed, right? So we did that. She went back to the doctor. She still had cancer. So you know what we did? We did it again. Maybe we got a word wrong or something. And then we did it again, and we did it again. And over the next two years, we prayed with her and that family about every way you could pray. She got worse. She got better. She got worse. She got better. She got worse. She got better. Never was healed. We prayed for her at her house. We prayed for her at the hospital. We even, the last month or so, they even brought her in a specially equipped van to the church in the bed. We brought her up front and spent the better part of three songs. The church gathered around them praying for them. It's a key family. It's a family that had been instrumental in the growth and health of the church. And Man, we're just wanting to put it together. You know what I'm saying? We're wanting to touch God on her behalf and see her healed. I remember the last week walking into their house, and they have the whole living room set up for her to live, all kinds of machines, and she's bigger than I was. When, when this started, she was junior higher. She was about 90 pounds, little dorky, blonde pigtails, go Duncan, you know, that kind of stuff. Here we are two years later, she's swollen up like a balloon. She's had the worst two years. Everybody's struggling. Everybody that's in it struggling, and she dies. We go to the funeral the next four or five days. And the f- next four or five days after that, the, the dad moves out, family's struggling. They end up getting a divorce. But it's th- that next week for me that I questioned everything that I had learned to believe those first five years that I was a Christian, from about 23 to 28 or 9, so maybe the first six years. And I remember walking around in that fellowship hall that we had where we would have youth service about half this big for days. Not working on youth stuff, just walking around griping at God. I don't know if you've ever been there or not, but I was, a, I was being paid to be a youth pastor. So I was spending all day walking around and asking God questions. Why? Okay, I understand that, but why this? Like, I, I don't understand this. Like, this. I don't care about Adam and Eve. What about her? That's where I was at. Got to the point where I thought, God knows it anyways. I'm going to tell him, like, listen, unless I get some answers, I'm not even doing this ministry thing. Wasn't raised in church. Maybe this is why all these horrific questions. I'm not even going to do this Christian thing. That's where I was at. And I remember it was about a week after the funeral, sitting on the little green steps of this fellowship hall. And I'm doing that. You know, you know how you do sometimes when you're, when you're there. Nope, no, that's not for me. You ever been there? David conquers Jerusalem. Nope, not for me. And I'm and I'm doing this. My eyes are swollen up from crying. I'm I'm just mad. I'm mad. And I wasn't related to her or anything, but like I felt partly responsible. Like I'm her youth pastor. Our our church is her family. Like somehow we should have touched God. God said, okay, Mulligan, healer. Right? That's what should have happened. In my mind. 
And I'm sitting down, and I get over to Deuteronomy 29. Let me just tell you, there's not a lot of revelation that's ever come out of Deuteronomy for me. And I'm in Deuteronomy, and I'm reading, and Moses is kind of doing the same thing to God. He's complaining to God. He's griping about all the junk they've been through and friends of his that have died and families that have died and all these natural disasters that have happened. And God says, or Moses says, God, what am I supposed to tell the people when they ask why these things had to happen? And I thought, this one's for me. And I read this verse in Deuteronomy 29, 29. I know that I've shared this before, and a bunch of you have this one memorized. It says, the secret things belong to the Lord our God. Woo! But the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever. That we may follow all the words of this law. And I just started boohooing. That's what I needed at that moment. It doesn't, doesn't tell me why it happened. But it gives me an understanding of why I don't know why things happen. Does that make sense? Because there are some things that for some reason God doesn't share with us. Don't know why my house burnt down. Don't know why my marriage didn't work. Don't know why our job canceled or let us go or don't know why I didn't make this great. Don't know why these things happen. But here's what I do know. The same people, Moses, one of the greatest, one of the greatest. Moses, they, they named the first five books of the Bible after him. They would call that the law of Moses. It's what Jesus referred to in Matthew 22 when he said, this sums up the law, Moses. So I know Moses great man of God had similar questions and he understood that some things you're just not going to know but if you do know that God is good then those secret things are a little bit easier to live with when God shared that with me that day it reminded me and I immediately went over to 1 Corinthians 13 it reminded me of another verse do you think it's important that we believe that the Bible is accurate and trustworthy because there are going to be times in your life when that is it. My friends have talked to me. Everything I can remember. My pastor's preached to me. I've read the articles. I've watched the videos. It's going to be the living and active word of God. 1 Corinthians 13, 12 says this. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then, after this life, but then we will see everything with perfect clarity. This is one of my favorite verses right here. All that I know is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely just like God knows me completely. And it reminded me, do you remember when Jesus, when he's talking to him and he goes, Hey, I know all the hairs on your head. Do you remember that? I, I, I saw you while you were standing under the tree, Zacchaeus. Hold on a minute, you weren't even in our town. How did you see that? Did y'all ever get that when you read that? When he said, I saw you standing under the tree? No, you were in the next town over. How did you see? Ooh. You, you understand everything completely. Some things are secret, but one of these days, God's going to connect the dots. Until then, it's my job to trust him. Whew. I tell you, this is going to have several pieces to this answer. The first one being that God loves you so much, he gave you free will. That when he created man, he created us free. The second piece of the puzzle is that it's important that we believe that God is good. That he loved us so much, he gave his son 
to bring us back. Listen, there's so many people that think that God is looking for reasons to keep them out of heaven. Can I tell you that according to the scripture from Genesis to Revelation, he's actually looking for ways to get you in throughout your entire life. He's looking for ways to draw you closer, not push you away. Isn't that good news? God's good. And the third piece of it, it reminds me that since there's some secret things, and God is good, and he created me with free will, that God sees the whole picture. You could probably add in there on your notes, and we don't. Let me, let me show you a picture real quick. Let me show you this green. See that? Can you tell what that is? Now, is that a tree or a bush? Is that on a wall? Is that up some steps? Is that on a mountain or on a beach or in the desert? Come on. I got 20 bucks, says you don't know. First pastor to bet right there live on Sunday. You, under, you understand, right? I'm like, when we see something like that, well, of course I don't see the whole picture, Scott. How would I know that? Let's say that one more time. Of course I don't know most things. I only see part of the picture. But let's back it out just a little bit. Look here. Oh, well, it, it's actually a nice day. It's a sunny day. It's probably, probably trees, right? What are they, what are they planted in? Oh, here's a good one. What country are they in? How would we know that? That's what I think when I, when I hear Moses asking God, well, how come this happened and how come this happened? He spends like two and a half chapters. How come this happened? How come this happened? And God said, well, Moses, how would you know that? It's none of your business. It's your business to trust me. It's your business to follow me. If you'll follow me and trust me, I'll lead you into the best ways in your life. May go through some bad times, but if you'll trust me, I'll renew your strength. I'll refresh you. Let's back it out one more time. Oh, well, who would have guessed they were little bitty short trees like that? There's a bus over there. There's a pavilion where they pick up people. Any ideas what country? What's the longitude and latitude? Is it at the top of a mountain? Is it down in a valley? Kind of, it's kind of weird. Look back it out one more time, and you get to see the whole picture. Well, almost the whole picture. Well, there's some water. One more time. There you go. It's actually in the Mediterranean. I'm not familiar with the Mediterranean. Never been there. How how would I know that, right? That's the way we need to look at situations. That all we see is that, the green. God sees the whole picture. In our life. He sees that. It says 2 Corinthians 5.7 reminds us that we walk by faith and not by sight. You know what that means? Let me translate that for you. That means that we walk by faith and not by sight. You have to go to Bible college for that. <laughs> that we walk trusting, not knowing everything. God's given us free will. We base everything on that God is good. And the Bible's accurate, and I'm going to keep trusting, and I'm going to keep moving forward. Because I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. Can I tell you, you want to be honest real quick? I still have questions. But one of these days, what I see in part, I'm going to get to see full. And what I know in part, I'm going to get to know completely. So right now, I'm going to put off knowing everything for trusting. Are you willing to do that? Whew, that's hard, isn't it? I want to know everything. Like, I want to, like, throw a fit. Like, a, 
two-year-old. And I, I want to know everything. It's not the way it works. But God said, I've given you enough that you may live according to my law, according to me. It reminds me that in the beginning, God had a purpose. That he would walk with us in the garden. He would talk with us. Do you realize God wanted that from the beginning? You know, on, on your seats today even, today is our point group launch. Can I tell you that this is only part of your spiritual experience at South Point? This is actually a small part, the big group. It's super important that you have community with people other than you, your best friend or your spouse. Some people that actually lives up to Proverbs where it says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Will you trust? Will you step out in faith? Will you grab a card or walk up to one of those people in the lobby and fill it out and just, just jump in somewhere? No, I want to be a part of community. I want to get better because I believe that's part of the design from the beginning. God wanted us to have a relationship with him. One, one last, maybe a couple more verses. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says this, However, as it is written, what no eye has seen and no ear has heard and no human mind has conceived, these are the things that God has prepared for those who love him. I put that in today because I want you to understand, I believe with everything that's in me, as I read scripture, get over into Revelation, the new heaven, the new earth, guess what? One of these days, God's going to get rid of evil. One of these days, there's going to be no more bad happening to good people. There's going to be no more bad happening to good people. There's going to be no more little junior high girls that suffer for two years and die in front of their mom and dad. That's not God's fault. That's evil's fault. And it teaches me not to trust evil, but to trust God. Last verse, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Don't lean on your own understanding. But in all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. I've given you three pieces of the answer of why do bad things happen to good people. They're just pieces. Because God says we're never going to know in full. Never going to know in full. What I do know is that all good things come from God. The rest comes from evil, from my past. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to trust God in all my ways. In my relationships, in my finances, in my health, in my church, I'm going to trust God. And I'm not going to lean on my own understanding because I don't like my own understanding. But I'm going to trust in Him, and I'm going to follow Him. And I believe this, because Proverbs 3 says it. That if I do that, that he'll lead me in my paths. In spite of not knowing, he's going to lead me to where I need to be. He's going to lead me closer to him. He's going to lead me in a better spot. Amen? He's going to lead me stronger, wiser. That's what I believe. It's a tough message today. But you know what's even tougher? Is living with not having the answers. If you don't know the answer... Oh, by the way, Jesus said, I am the answer. He, not Scott, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus wasn't vouching for me. Yes. Jesus is the answer. You ever realize when Jesus said that, he wasn't, he, he wasn't talking about a question? 
Peter said, I'm the answer. You got a question? He's the answer. I want to pray for you today. If you struggled with why do bad things happen to good people, can I tell you that more than this message, more than the worship, it's all great. God in one moment can touch your heart and your mind and your soul and give you peace in a place that has that you've struggled with, that has tormented you, that you've questioned. It's about exchanging what Jacqueline was saying earlier. It's what that song was saying. Let's lay our chains down, that struggle that we've had. I'm going to trade that for trust today. And that's how I'd love to end our message today. If you've been in a spot where you struggle with an answer, a question that's not answered, let's give it to God today. Let's just trust that He can do what He says He would do, that He's good, that He loves us, that He'll lead us, that He'll heal us, that He'll strengthen us, that He'll get us through this. Are you with me? As I pray, will you pray that with me? Lord, we're so thankful for your love for us. I know that free will has cost us a lot. Can I just be honest, Lord, that I wouldn't exchange it? I don't want to be forced. I want to have choices. I believe also that you are good, Lord. At my core, I believe your intentions are always good. I believe that your work is faithful. That you are good completely and through and through. So I'm going to base all my doubts off of that, that you're good. So that must come from other areas. I also know that you don't share everything with us, Lord. But as we put our trust in you and acknowledge you in all of our ways, even areas that we doubt, I believe that you're going to lead us to better places, to more understanding. And one of these days we're going to lay eyes on what you've got in store for us, this, this test of earth, of our human life after this is done. I believe you've got better things in store for us, a place where bad things don't happen to good people, a place where we know completely, and a place where we get to experience you completely. Today, Lord, I pray for everyone in this room that has struggled with why do bad things happen to good people. I pray that they would take these little answers that we've talked about today, these three answers, that they would build their lives on these things. That they would take the research and go, the resources and go research them. Go look them up. Go study your word. See what it says. Because, Lord, we're telling you right here, right now, today, that we trust you beyond our doubt. We all have faith. We have a little doubt. But we ask that you'd help us with our faith. That you'd help us to grow in our understanding and our knowledge about you and our trust of you. And from this day forward, Lord, we tell you that we put our faith in you and our trust in you. Thank you for loving us. As we sing this next song, Lord, it's not just going to be words on a screen. It's going to be words out of our heart, out of our soul, out of our very purpose. I pray that you'd be blessed by these words in your name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing this together.